Hello and welcome to another episode of The Winding Stairs. My name is Juan Sepulveda and I thank you for spending some time with me talking about Freemasonry, its application and how we can become better men in this society. And today I have the privilege of sitting here with a good friend and brother and my current worshipful master, Manny Lozada. Manny, welcome to The Winding Stairs. Thank you for having me. Brother Manny was with me on an episode where we talked about a meaningful lodge experience. That's right. And here we are a few years later and he is doing everything he can to make that expectation of excellence in the lodge a reality. So as the worshipful master, so <clears throat> I wanted to revisit some of the conversation that we had prior and to see what are the things that we're making or doing in lodge in order to really make sure it's an experience that people can enjoy, that people can come out feeling a sense of satisfaction, a sense that they use their time wisely and they can go home better than they came in. So um, if, if you can just give us an, uh, a little feedback as to how long you've been master of the lodge and how this experience has been for you thus far. So my my term started uh january what was it 15 january 15 of this year and however i've been working in my preparation and and everything to begin my year since july of last year hmm. so every month i was doing either meetings with my officers or or doing just planning writing documents um making phone calls and scheduling things to happen this year um so january 15 was the moment where i finally got installed and i began working full time as as the master of the lodge nice but you touch on on something there that is important to recognize like brothers who join the officer line in essence they're preparing themselves for that moment where they get to sit in the east but they've they've been preparing from the from the very first moment they sit on any of the officer chairs that's right um in our uh florida grand lodge we have documentation that we can use uh it's very helpful we can use to get to get ready and, and prepare ourselves from the moment that we are. And I, and I would say the, the last appointed um, position, which is the senior deacon, that's when you really have to make the decision. I, if I continue, it's because I want, I, I will become the worshipful master of the lodge. Mm -hmm. And, and at that point it's, is essential that you ponder the following the following circumstances number one, the following year you're going to be in charge of the kitchen and and refreshments it's a big 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 responsibility in addition you're going to be in charge of the vigilance committee then the then two years down the road you're going to be in charge of the budget and all the financial uh, uh, planning of the lodge So the the responsibilities increase 
mm-hmm. dramatically after the senior deacon position. So it's not a it's not a super shock. Once you make it to the East, you've already have been getting a taste of what it means to actually lead, perhaps in a different position, but you're leading nonetheless. Exactly. Huh. Exactly. So it, it it's it works. I think it's a system that is is very well thought out. That it it works. Um, preparing you, if you don't have the necessary skills, you will attain them mm-hmm. with dedication. Um, there's another aspect too, which is the ritual. Mm-hmm. Um, our degrees, which is the most important thing that we do in our in our blue lodges. Um, in Florida, for example, we we give that the opportunity to the senior deacon to be the master for the enter apprentice degree. And he will have full authority on choosing his team, his degree team, and the date of the degree, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Then the junior warden will be in charge of the fellow craft degree. And the senior warden will be in charge of the master mason degree. So by the time that you are master of the lodge, you should have already conferred all three degrees. Mm-hmm. So in addition of the leadership opportunities for running the lodge, you also have leadership in the ritual of the lodge. I like that. Now, it, staying in the in the topic of a meaningful lodge experience, which is the title that we had on our our previous conversation. Each one of those steps, when you are the junior warden and you're in charge of the kitchen, as you described it, you are contributing to that meaningful experience where you're able to help people come together, enjoy nice refreshment, get to enjoy um, the the fellowship that comes with... Excuse me. The fellowship that comes with having dinner together. Um, so you are contributing in that in that phase. When then you're a senior warden, that you are in charge of uh, making sure that the budget is in order, that you're making sure that financially the house is sound. You're creating a meaningful experience because you're making sure that things aren't lacking. Mm-hmm. That you are providing as a lodge for everything. Yeah, and in in the process you. Like I, I was the associate junior warden because the junior warden in charge of the kitchen was my wife. Um, so <laughs> I involved my family mm-hmm. in in every aspect of what I do. Um, obviously, in the aspects that she can be involved, mm-hmm. um, and that provided some of our brothers uh, a meaningful. Um, culinary experience Mm -hmm. (laughs) in our in in our case uh my wife who has a background in in, as as, uh cuban and american um she she made cuban dishes she made puerto rican dishes or she made southern american dishes so it it was it was very good uh, and our brothers were very well satisfied oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) That's the truth. <laughs> now, um, when we spoke last about this topic, of course, you had a limited ability to make decisions for the betterment of the experience in Lodge because you weren't, you were an officer, but you weren't uh, a senior warden, you weren't the master. Uh, so the dynamics change a little bit. When we talked 
if you haven't watched that uh, episode, actually, if you haven't listened to that episode, we we talk about the difference in the expectation of someone that's joining the fraternity and the reality that they face once they are admitted and they go through some of the degrees. And we talked about, for example, we're expecting Masonic education to be an important component of the meeting. And to some people's surprise, once they've waited to be a part of the meetings for months, once they come in and they experience that in some instances is akin to a just a, a like a homeowners association meeting where you have all these very serious, you know, motions made and, you know, voting on different resolutions and voting on things and making sure that the budget is right, the correspondence is read, and then everyone goes home. Yeah. Right. So about a week or two ago, I was, uh, I I was at the, um, city commissions, uh, chamber Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it felt so familiar (laughs) to be there. (laughs) It was, it was exactly how we conducted our meetings for so many years. That's true. So, you know, for people who who don't know, um, the actual meetings, the way the meetings are ran in Freemasonry, it is a variation of Robert's rules of order. Correct. So if you're familiar with any of the civic organizations where if someone wants to make a motion for a decision to be made, then someone seconds that motion. And then there's discussion about the motion. And finally, there's a vote whether that resolution is accepted, um, it's adopted or rejected. Right. There's amendments, there's all that kind of stuff. So that's how we run our meeting. And I personally like it. I like the fact the efficiency that comes with it. I know I have some personal brothers who like, they absolutely hate Robert's rules of order. Um, I think it's a, it's a good conduit for, for expediency when people know the rules and they implement them. You can go through a meeting very efficiently and just make a lot of decisions and move forward. Now, the risk is that keeping that in mind, People who may not be familiar with those rules, who may not be familiar with the flow of the meeting, they are little by little delaying the progress of the meeting. So when you have time allocated for reading of the minutes, you have time allocated for uh, reading correspondence and all these tedious aspects of our meeting. If you're not efficient in that, you're eating up the time that you could be devoting later in the meeting to Masonic education, to um, sharing good news with the brothers, spending time, uh, perhaps having a prayer for, for the sick and distressed, that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. So in the effort to make a, uh, to make a meaningful large experience, what decisions have you made since being a worshipful master that have contributed positively to that expediency and efficiency in the meeting? Okay. So one of the things that bother me for the longest time was um, when we get, uh, when we receive visitors and we received our petitioners and, and even the brothers that are already candidates that they have taken already the, the first degree or the second degree, they, they will not, they were not able to attend any part of the meetings. And I always felt that that alienated them. And then 
finally, when they attained their master mason degree and they were like, okay, let's, let's attend the meeting and let's see what, let's find out what this is all about. <laughs> Surprise. And then, wah, wah, wah. <laughs> okay. It's just a, a business meeting. Yeah. So what I've done is I, I do a soft opening, which is there are certain parts of our, of our meeting that we can do publicly. Um, for example, uh, you know, we, we, we say a pledge of allegiance to the flag. That's one of our, the, the things that we do at, at the beginning of a meeting, we do our, we announce our, our sickness and distress and we offer a prayer for, for our sick or distressed brothers and, and family members or friends. Um, that can be done publicly. We do introductions of our dignitaries and our members of, of our lodge that have contributed uh, and we recognize them. Um, that can be done publicly. And we can do Masonic education if it's something that is not a, uh, specifically for a child meeting. Mm -hmm. So if it's something that has been written in a book somewhere, if we're reading from a book or if we're reading from an article, it can very well do be done out in the public. Mm -hmm. So we invite in all of the brothers, all of the candidates and petitioners, even the person that just walked in for the very first time that night, they're welcome to join us and see what it's all about. Mm -hmm. And including our, our ladies too. They can come in, they can stand and they make announcements and express their opinion. Anything they want is open for, for our community. That's great. And then after that, we then uh, ask them to, to leave our lodge room. And I specifically say, because now we're going to begin our business part of the meeting. Mm -hmm. So they will have that expectation yeah. that, it's, that there is some business that we need to conduct. Mm -hmm. and administration, you know, it, it, it's necessary. Yeah. But also um, in, in our private section of the meeting, we can expand on Masonic education going directly into parts of the degrees or, or anything that we want to expand that is in a private environment. Mm -hmm. The Winding Stairs is made possible by freemasonryart.com, the Masonic art store where I share the creations that I make. I recently created a Masonic pin display apron where you can proudly show all the pins in your collection. Every pin tells a story. It reminds you of that day where you met some brothers or that day when you had an incredible initiatic experience. If you have your pins confined to the darkness of a drawer, bring them from darkness to light by proudly displaying them in one of our Masonic pin display aprons. To see them and place an order today, go to freemasonryart.com. No, that's good. I, it's one thing that I appreciate and you should know that I, you know that I've been traveling to different lodges. I've been expanding my Masonic experience and I recently visited, um, orange lodge number 36 and they did a soft opening and they described it as a soft opening and they were presenting a check to a foundation, a local foundation that, uh, took care of families that had children with autism. So the representative from the organization came to receive the check and it was a very, it was a very neat experience to, 
to witness because here you have a member of the community who is working really hard to positively help families. We as an organization were working really hard to raise funds to help them. And there was a moment of intersection here where publicly we're saying, hey, listen, we admire what you're doing enough to work extra to support it financially. And they presented a very generous uh, check to the organization. And that's going to go a long way like, because it's a local organization. The funds are used for on the ground activities, things that will make a difference on these families, as opposed to perhaps donating to this, you know, uh, a larger organization that has a lot of overhead, a lot, a lot of employees or something like that, where just a fraction of it actually goes to help the mission of the organization. Mm -hmm. So the point is that here you had this community coming together. You had the participation of people that are not exposed to Freemasonry on a regular basis. They got a chance to meet us, sit with us, have dinner with us, be supported financially. And now here you have these, uh, there were maybe three or four people that came they leave this lodge with a positive impression of what we do, a more realistic interpretation of what we do as an organization, as opposed to what you see on, you know, on the internet, people talking about Freemasonry. So I was so happy to see that because there's, there's so much benefit to doing that sort of interaction. And we're making the, the meeting that much more meaningful to, to the people that come in. Now, one more thing that I admire from what you've done in your year, and I encourage brothers to think of small ways that they can make their lodge experience more satisfactory to the brothers that are coming um, and for future Masonic generations, right? Uh, one of the things that you have done, you have incorporated, incorporated music back into the lodge. Can you give us a little... Um, insight into how you got started, including music in some of the aspects of, of, of the lodge. Uh, what position did you hold whenever you started doing that? And you know, how does it look now? So yeah, we have, um, for the longest time, we have a musician in our lodge, but unfortunately he's one of our, our sick brothers. He is battling cancer for years mm -hmm. and unfortunately he can never attend so I took the initiative of taking my little bow speaker and bring it to the lodge room and testing it one one night and see what it looked like. And but before I before I actually hit play on my phone, I wanted to find out what kind of music is appropriate for for our lodge meetings. And I made I did some research and I found that um it, it was along the lines of what I was already thinking that mm -hmm. classical music is, is the most appropriate. Um, and I found some, some lodges up North that they're already doing things like that and they put it all in writing. So they had, uh, titles of different pieces written by composers of, you know, the, the Renaissance or Baroque or even, uh, contemporary composers. And I was pleasantly surprised so I went ahead and created a playlist and not only created the playlist, but I also created a document, very detailed document with all the titles and composers and, and the order in which 
those pieces are played and what part of those um, musical interludes are played because not not for example you know Beethoven wrote uh, many symphonies and and they're an hour long or 50 minutes long so I I put it specifically in my document what parts I use mm. and um, and that has been very effective uh, in insofar as uh, we have some brothers from our district that have attended our meetings and they said Manny where did you find that music and I have and I already have that document. Nice. Okay, I'll send it to you right away. That's and good. So there, I and and I personally, I haven't attended too many meetings outside of my lodge that are doing it, but they're telling me that they are using the music. Mm -hmm. No, that's that's great. It, it does bring an element of uh, reverence, and it just it just livens up some of the some of the things that we do or accentuate the seriousness of them or the solemnity of them like if you if we're elevating our brethren and their families in prayer for sickness distress and all these things just having a soft melody playing in the background just adds that much more emotion to it well i mean think about a, a movie and take the music out of the movie. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it will never be the same. Yeah. It works exactly the same way. Yep, that's true. That's very true. And in, in our Masonic lessons, like once you go through the fellow craft degree and you're discussing the liberal arts and sciences, it is explicitly mentioned there that this is, it's an element that we should incorporate into our lives. And it describes it at, as having a, an impact on our our ability to to be in reverence with, with the creator or, uh, for, a, make us more spirited when it comes to tackling difficulties. So music itself in our daily life has an impact. Uh, but we're fortunate enough that we have selections of music that we can play in lodge and further accentuate the emotion that goes with, with those parts. Mm -hmm. Now, when you started uh, playing music, were you the junior warden, if I if I remember correctly, or was it before? It was before. Yeah. Yeah. I think I was the junior deacon. Okay. Yeah. And for brothers that want to, of course, incorporate this into their own uh, meetings, go one day where there's no one in lodge and try to play some of these tunes in, you know, using a Bluetooth speaker or whatever system you have. Uh, you'll be surprised what you can you can do with that little bit of technology. Just a phone and a mm -hmm. and a speaker. That's it. Yeah, and we have always the chal the challenge that if our meeting takes too long, my Bluetooth speaker will go to sleep mode. So I always <laughs> I always joke around that we have to get our our brother senior deacon to go and wake up the musician. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know we may have to make a motion that we we get a a Bluetooth speaker just for the lodge. We actually have one. Oh yeah. And it's, it's built in with our, with our, um, amplifier. Oh yeah. It is Bluetooth capable. However, the speakers that we have are still kind of like, uh, you know, it's, it's like you go to Walmart or CVS. It's, it sounds like that. Oh, okay. So, so to me, it doesn't sound as good as my little Bluetooth speaker. Got it. Yeah. We're going to have to revisit that. See what we do with those. With it's the speakers. One of the projects that I have for this year. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we talked about music in, in the meetings, adding an element of um, enjoyment to, to it. So that adds to the 
to the enjoyable experience. We we talked about um, the meals, being able to provide a meal that is, it's, of course, you can't do this every time. There are some times where you just have to go with, okay, we got to do pizza tonight pizza. <laughs> because, you know, something happened or let's order from from this barbecue place and just like be done with it. Um, because I'm sure not all brothers are going to be culinary experts when it comes to their time to serve in, in the South. Um, there are other elements that we, we've, we've talked about. There's one that I, I enjoy as well. You've made it a point to accentuate different areas of the lodge with light. Could you tell us a little bit about what you have done in the lodge to, to incorporate this? So I put um, four lamps in all four points of uh, cardinal points of the lodge. Behind the seat of the worshipful master, there is there is a, a light that, and and the and the and the light bulbs that I put there, you can change the colors mm-hmm. remotely. So. The light that's behind me in the east is is a bright orange, kind of yellowish orange, because it represents the sunrise. Mm-hmm. Then, at the station of the behind the the junior ward, the junior warden, and in the north, where no one sits, but there's a lamp there as well. It's kind of like blue mm-hmm. to just just put a a, a blue light out. Uh, like that represents, it represents the, the, the heavens, yes. Mm-hmm. And then behind the senior warden, it's it's more of a of a reddish, uh, orange, reddish light. It, it, sometimes it looks purplish. Mm-hmm. It represents the sunset. Um, so that's that aspect. Um, I you know I I, I thought about it. Um, I, I want to do more with that. Mm-hmm. I want to, <laughs> because right now that even though the lights are remote control, I can control it with a little, with a little uh, button. I would like to, to incorporate the, the like the, like a Philips light system that mm-hmm. you can program so that the the sun rises at the beginning of the meeting and then the sun sets at the end of the meeting. Oh. I would like to do something like that. I love that. <laughs> I know I'm going to get emails about that. How is he doing it? How do I do it? <laughs> yeah, it, it's pretty cool. Um, in addition to that, uh, I put some of those uh, laser lights that that project up to the ceiling, a starry sky, right? Because we're supposed to have it according to our ritual. I mean, it's mentioned. Mm-hmm. And, and um, so where it is, you know, where is it? Because all we have are, are ceiling tiles, yeah, just like an office building, you know. And and we have fluorescent lights also, just like an office building. So that, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I know brothers that they don't like the, the green beans. To me, fluorescent lights is my green beans. You <laughs> <know>? <laughs> yeah. So, so at, at one point of the opening of the lodge, we killed those. Um, and I, I like to kill the lights because I don't like them. Uh, and all you see are those those lights in the north, south, east, and west, and then the starry sky with all the stars. And, and there's even like a little thing that looks like a nebula. It looks very, very nice. Yeah, it is really cool. 
and then the the you know we open the Bible and 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 all of that, and then when the senior deacon goes back to his seat, then we turn on the those dreadful looking lights. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know we we got to do something <laughs> about it. Uh, eventually, we will. I know. I know we will. Yeah. So so that's that's the other aspect. Um, we use it heavily during the degrees as well. I think it's important to have that visual stimulation as well. Okay. Now, some people might be listening to this and they may think, yeah, money, but um, you're just lucky that you're in a lodge where everybody supports what you do. It's easy for you to say, but we have people in our lodge that they don't like new things and they, I know they're going to put resistance. Mm -hmm. What advice would you have for, for those brothers of how they can approach either presenting or implementing some of these enhancements to the Masonic experience? Just, just believe in yourself. I mean, if you know that what you're doing is going to enhance the, the experience of the brothers, just do it, try it out. I mean, the, the, the worst that can happen is that you, you do it so many times that they finally accept it at the end. So it's, <laughs> it, I think it, it's organically, that's how we change. It's just, it's just doing things that when they see that the intention behind it is one of enhancing the experience. Mm -hmm. And, and then when other brothers come from outside and see what you're doing and, and they, in their presence, they say, wow, this is, this is really nice. Then they realize yeah. that the change was for the better. Yep. We have a lot of visitors. We're fortunate that we get a lot of visitors here in, in Orange Blossom uh, because we're minutes away from Walt Disney World. So right. brothers come to this area on vacation, on business travel with their all the time. And if they're familiar with, you know, they know that they can find a lodge. And if they find our lodge, they come over. And, and one thing that is consistent that I see is that brothers express some sort of praise for what we do in our lodge. It makes me very proud to see that these people are coming from different states, different countries, and they're getting to experience masonry in a familiar yet different kind of way. And, you know, just as a point of clarification, we're not doing anything that is out of the ordinary or it's uh, uh, questionable. Everything we're doing is is within the bounds of what we're allowed to do within within masonry. But it's it's very fulfilling to hear these people say, man, you guys have an amazing lodge. I can't wait to come back or next time I'm in Central Florida. I'm coming over to Orange Blossom Lodge. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like you mentioned, if the rest of the brothers that perhaps may not love the lights that you put or may not love the music that you put, when they get to hear that kind of feedback about their own lodge, then they, by proxy, they should be, oh, you know what? I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad to hear that they're excited about this lodge. That's right. Now, I did have a, another question regarding one of the ceremonies that we do. Um, it's not a private ceremony, but it's when, whenever we get brothers to visit us from other lodges, we present them with a token of our appreciation for stopping by at Orange Blossom Lodge. Now, this is not something that you invented. This is not something that we've, you know, made up. 
this happens in lodges all over the world. Mm-hmm. Your first time visitor, perhaps you go home with some sort of trinket or acknowledgement, something that that you can remember that experience by. Well, in Orange Blossom Lodge, we have a lapel pin that is um, exclusive to our lodge. I think it's it's very beautiful. Uh, it has the orange blossom flowers in it. It has the oranges. It has the square and compass. Anyway, it's it's beautiful. I noticed that the way that we present it in Lodge has changed over time. I know that there are, that brothers that came before have scripted a presentation for it. Uh, but recently we have revised it and we perform it in a very peculiar way. I don't want to give all the details of how we do it, but I think it's impressive how, how it's done. Um, can you, can you tell us like what kind of feedback have you received for this presentation or how do you notice the brothers take it whenever they come visit and experience it? Well, they feel like, um, in the old guilds of, uh, masons that used to travel for work um they feel kind of like they feel like that they feel like they're 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 receiving a a token of gratitude for just visiting and they have expressed to me that wow this is this is different this is you know this is unique and to be honest i just i just did it because I've seen it in other lodges, especially Orange 36. I saw I saw the same, you know, the same dynamics, uh, and and I really liked it. Yeah. Um. And and I incorporated it. You know, I did not even um, propose it before mm-hmm. because I wasn't I wasn't the the leader of of the lodge, but now that I have that opportunity, you know, I I, I just brought it in, hoping that. It will stay because it's it's something that people are finding that is a beautiful ceremony. Mm-hmm. No, it is it is beautiful. Uh, I did get to experience it over there at Orange uh, Orange Lodge, um, but but it's true. It, it it really makes a it makes an impact on you it, when you're appreciated as a as a visitor. And I, and I'll give you also a, a little tidbit, uh, a trivia tidbit, and it's because I took it a little bit. I, I took it little bit of what we do and I'm a big York right guy <laughs> in in the Mark master degree so there's a little part of the mark master degree nice. that looks like that so that's basically what I implemented I like that I like that um, Manny, thank you so much uh, for the time you've spent with me here today um, and and for the experience you're providing for brothers in, in our lodge I'm not just blowing smoke Uh, I really appreciate what you do. I've told you in private and you know that I do everything possible to help you in making sure that that sticks and that it it actually works because it really is meaningful. I think it really makes a difference to have a a large experience that is inspiring. So I appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, Now, I want to thank all of you for watching and for listening I, I want to thank especially those uh, members of our Patreon support. The, these are people that have decided to, to join an exclusive group of, of men and women who help us financially put together these episodes and share information about masonry, about applying these lessons to our lives. And there's some perks that come with that. Our 
Patreon supporters, they get first access to some of the audio, some of the video. They even get exclusive access to some behind the scenes footage, and they can get an exclusive lapel pin only for our Patreon supporters. And talking about lapel pins, I invite you to go to thewindingstairs.com where I finally re-released the lapel pin apron. In your travels, if you've collected a selection of pins that remind you of those moments when you visited other lodges, we've created a solution for you to display them elegantly and have them easily accessible anytime you want to switch your lapel pin when you're going to a new lodge. You have one. I've seen it. It's replete. Yes, <laughs> yes. I have two actually. Yeah, two. That's true. Yes. <laughs> now he's he's running out of space uh, on that, but we made it ample and ample enough. It's ample. That sounds weird, but anyway, large enough so that you can fit up to seventy pins in it. So to see the details, go to thewindingstairs.com. Pick yours up. They go by fast. They're handmade, and they include lambskin. Uh, leather and a satin and linen fabric you got to see it so go to the windingstairs.com your purchase of course helps us continue to share masonic light through all the channels that we do so as always thank you so much for listening and for watching and until next time may your steps be firm and your path illuminated as we continue our journey up the winding stairs mm -hmm.